Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Today I'm featuring the film Boom, a film about the Sonics, a documentary about the great proto-punk band, the Sonics, told from the five original members themselves. In this segment, I'm going to be chatting with filmmaker Jordan Albertson because the film is screening at the Newport Beach Film Festival this week, April 29, 2019. It made its California premiere at the Newport Beach Film Festival this past weekend. The film has already racked up numerous awards and accolades during its current festival run, and most recently from a screening in Phoenix. Boom tells the untold story of one of rock and roll's wildest and most influential bands, the Sonics. For the first time ever, all five original members of the band tell the story of how it all went down, beginning to end. Boom takes a deep dive, exploring how a relatively unknown band from the Pacific Northwest became a worldwide phenomenon 50 years after their heyday, and in doing so, shaped music for decades to come, featuring interviews with homegrown heroes and breakthrough artists alike. Pearl Jam, The Sex Pistols, Heart, Mudhoney, and many, many more. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show filmmaker Jordan Albertson. Hi, thanks for joining us. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Well, congratulations on your film, Boom, about the Seattle punk band, The Sonics. That's so cool. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's been a wild ride so far. And you've made your California premiere at uh, the Newport Beach Film Festival. That's amazing. Yeah, I was uh, really excited for the film to get into that festival. It's a, it's a total honor. It's a huge festival. I was not expecting that, so it was a lot of fun. So tell me, Jordan, how this all came about. Why did you decide to make this film? Oh, gosh, such a long story. Um, it, it it started about 10 years ago. Um, the band had their first kind of series of reunion shows, and they announced a Seattle hometown show. And I was living in California at the time, and I called my dad and said, oh, my God, the Sonics are reforming, and they're, they're playing a show in Seattle. Yeah. So we got tickets, and... Um, we went to the show, and the show just kind of blew my mind, you know, because since I was a kid, uh, the band was always this really mysterious kind of thing to me, and to kind of have them in front of me playing these songs live, and, and you know. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was just such a bizarre um, thing, and so I, it was, I think it was after the show, I just I remember saying to myself, I'm going to make a movie about the Sonics, and I went home, and I went online and I just found an email address for uh, whoever was the manager. I think it was on their website. It just said like management at sonics.com or something. And I stayed up all night writing this insane email, um, <laughs> just like pitching whoever this mysterious person was, this movie that I wanted to make. And I got a reply the next day. And the guy who replied ended up being Buck Ormsby, who was managing oh. the band at the time. Yeah, and if you've seen the film, he, uh, you know, produced the original two albums, and he actually managed the band back in their heyday, back in the 60s. And he was also the bass player for the Whalers. So when I got a reply from Buck Ormsby, I was just sort of like, what? Whoa. Why, like, why is, <laughs> is this for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And I'm a huge uh, fan of the Whalers. So I was just sort of in shock. And so he invited me to go to Tacoma to kind of have coffee with him. And I went down to Tacoma and uh, met with Buck. And we had this really long meeting. And 
you know, I pitched him this really big movie that I wanted to make, um, which I ended up, you know, not making, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but it was just sort of the passion that I had about, about telling this band's story. And, you know, Buck was such a passionate person that I think he sort of responded to it. And we just sort of shook hands and said, all right, well, let's, nice. let's do it. Like, you're the guy and let's, let's go to, you know, let's go make, let's go get money. Yes. And, um, that was kind of the beginning of it. So what was it like uh, getting in touch with the band members? Were they receptive? Was there any pushback? Well, it wasn't like there was pushback. Buck was actually really protective of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to say anything to the guys until we had, you know, a large chunk of financing. And this was like a real movie. Yeah. And um, since that never actually happened, um, you know, I mean, for years we were just trying to get financing and it just, it was just constant nose everywhere that we went. And, you know, the last kind of, the last kind of thing that we did to raise financing was this Indiegogo campaign. And when that bombed, you know, the movie really was kind of dead. And so at that point I hadn't really even spoken to the guys in the band. I think they'd kind of known that there was a person out there who was, had spent all this time, you know, years trying to make a film, but um, it really wasn't until, you know, when Buck passed away that I started to, you know, really reach out to these guys and say, okay, look, I'm, you know, with or without financing this movie, I'm just going to make it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were, they were receptive. I think Great. they knew that at that time I'd spent like six or seven years of my life trying to make this movie and they were, they were like, you know, geez, the least we could do is right. <laughs> sit, down, <laughs> sit down with this insane person. Yeah, this passionate person that's just so dedicated won't go away. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they they were just like, man, if we if we give him an interview, maybe he'll leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you how did you go about getting like Nancy Wilson and all these other people to be part of this? Well, you know, that was a, another big part of it. I, uh, you know, Buck, he was supposed to be the guy that was going to connect me with all these, you know, big rock stars for interviews. And, you know, when he, when he passed away, I mean, that was another big reason why the film, you know, really was dead. And I kind of gave up on the movie, kind of gave up on everything and, uh, moved from LA to Montana. Um, I had this kind of life. Yeah. It's kind of a long story, but I had this (laughs) kind of lifeline out in Bozeman, Montana. And I, I just, a job at a sushi restaurant and it was like, I guess this is my life now. And I, I, I moved out there and, uh, after about six months of working at this restaurant, um, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam oh, came wow. walking in and he walked in and I just, I was like, Oh my God, you're Mike McCready. And he was, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I've been trying to get in touch with you for seven years. And like told this in, you know, story about, about me making this movie about the Sonics. And yeah. he just, was super receptive and he was Good. like, that's awesome. He goes, let, let, kid, do you want me to be in it? And I was like, oh my God, I would, I would die to have you in this yeah. movie. And then he, he literally pulls out his cell phone and he goes, well, who else have you been trying to get in touch with? Oh. And wow. it was like that moment and that day totally saved the film and in a lot of ways kind of saved my life because I was at a pretty low point. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just, he was so cool. And to this day is so cool. I mean, him and I have stayed in touch and, you know, he, he put himself on the film and then, you know, he was, you know, these other people that I was trying to get in touch with, he kind of said, yeah, this Jordan guy, Amazing. he's all right, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, his involvement just, 
it saved everything. I want to interject something, Jordan, um, because my show is called Get the Funk Out, and sometimes we go through this really low, the lows of the lows, you know, and we don't know, like, what's next, and we're in this deep, dark funk, and man, look what happened to you. He just walks in, and your whole life changed. Changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I owe everything to, to Mike McCready, and at the time, I didn't even realize really how life-changing it was. It really took some perspective you know, where I could kind of step outside of the situation. It's like, what just happened, you know? And, yeah. but yeah, I'm looking back on it now, you know, the, the movie really probably wouldn't have been finished, at least not in the way that it is now. You know, it was, it was just this like broken thing that had been following me for years. And then, you know, with Buck's passing, it was like, it almost like it gave me this other reason that I needed to finish the movie. Cause there was this other part of the, you know, Buck's legacy all of a sudden was sitting on my shoulders now too. But yes, it was like you know. But without that that McCready random wow. thing, nothing I don't think ever would have been finished. Unbelievable! Wow. So, yeah, without incredible. giving too much away, um, is there anything you would like to share about the film? Yeah, I mean, one of the big aspects of the movie that seems to be uh, probably most surprising is. Um, you know, the way that I was forced to make the movie, I had to kind of, you know, originally the idea was to make this big sort of cinematic retelling of the band's heyday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, without financing, that vision just died. And I was kind of forced to, you know, internalize and kind of go, okay, well, what, you know, I can't afford Dave Grohl to come and interview, you know, and, and, right. and um, you know, kind of be the narrator of the film. So what is this going to be? And, you know, once I started taking on all these other roles, um, my story kind of started to get intertwined with the band story. And there's this story in the film about my father and I, um, you know, that I I ended up putting in there and it was really difficult to do because anyone who knows me would tell you that I, I hate having my picture taken. I'm not a big fan of the sound of my voice. <laughs> I would like never, ever become a character in one of my films. But yeah. I kind of was forced to, and um, in doing that, there's the story of, you know, how my father and I, you know, bonded over this band, and he introduced me to the Sonics when I was like 12 or 13 years old, and, you know, I was this kind of young kid living in the Northwest, and, you know, at that time, obviously listening to, you know, Pearl Jam and Nirvana and House and Chains, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, my dad... I thought had this like terrible taste in music because he only had one CD in his car. And it was like a <laughs> Dire Straits CD, and I was just like getting me out of this car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, one day he just came walking by my bedroom and heard me listening to the music I was listening to, and he said, "You know, hey, you should check out the Sonics." And I, I thought he was talking about the basketball team, and I just kind of ignored him. Yeah, and he found a copy of Boom, and and gave it to me, and you know that that album changed my life it was this um, I love that. you know it just I, i'd never heard anything like it you know when you're into punk rock music you know at least me i, I was always trying to find out who, who was the first punk band you know please kill me is probably my favorite book and i think i've read it a million times probably given it to every single person i know um you know you're just trying to find out where it all started how did you know that yeah. aggressive punk music where did it come from and you know uh, for me, I always kind of stopped 
Stooges. And then when I was, you know, sitting there listening to Boom, and, you know, this is a few years before the Stooges. Yeah. It was like, how did my dad know about this? It was such yeah. a, you know, kind of a life-changing moment. And that record and that band was this thing that my father and I really originally bonded over. And um, That's a great story. Yeah, and it ended up being something that I, I kind of folded into the, the I, narrative of the film. I saw that. I liked that. That was cool. Oh, good. So, Jason, who were one of the first punk bands? Well, you know, uh, that was kind of my goal in, in making this film originally, you know, 10 years ago when I was young and ambitious and started to make this film, is that I was going to answer that question. <laughs> and, you know, throughout the process of, of making the film, um, that question kind of became less and less important, you know. And yeah. I, I would sit down with these guys like Mark Arm, you know, for Mud Honey. And, and ask him that question, and he would, you know, he would go back into the 50s and even 40s and start talking about blues artists, and it kind of made me realize that, you know, punk is, is really just kind of an attitude and a feeling. Yes, that's true. And, and trying to kind of pinpoint the, the moment where it started, it, I don't know, I guess that question just became less important to me as I got older, and... Now, as I sit back and I kind of look at all this stuff, and I'm a huge punk rock fan, I, I, I'll let somebody else try and, try and answer that question. <laughs> um, you know, but as far as like punk, you know, music, if you look through my record collection, to me, it, 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 seems, to, it seems to start right around the Sonics, but, you know, who, who, who's to say? Yeah. So when I was in college, I listened to The Clash. Are, would you say The Replacements are part of punk or no? Oh, yeah, The Replacements are one of my favorite bands. I mean, their first record is totally punk, and then they definitely, you know, turned into more of a, you know, just a rock band, but um, that attitude is stuck with them, for sure, through all their records. Definitely. So uh, where can people find out more about the film? Well, uh, the film's website, uh, uh, what is it? sonicsfilm.com and then um, the Facebook page is probably the best place to keep up on all the news and kind of what's happening and that's uh, facebook.com uh, backslash sonicsfilm and uh, yeah you know there's some more festivals coming up it looks like it's going to be playing in festivals for the next six months and then hopefully um, you know if people continue to like it uh, you know hopefully get this thing released sometime at the end of this year or early next year nice and if people want to see it or learn more about you? Mainly those websites. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, I run all this stuff. I'm, I'm the guy running all the websites. I mean, if anyone wants to reach out to me, literally just reach out to me right through Facebook. And um, if anyone's responding on the, the Boom uh, Facebook page, you're, you're talking to me. And I'm, I'm, you know, excited and down to talk to anybody who wants to reach out and ask questions. So how has your life changed after making this film? Well, you know, for 10 years, it was, it was like a, it was like a, a, I don't want to call it a burden, but it was this like responsibility that I felt that I had to, to, to finish. Mm -hmm. And like my whole life just revolved around it. And it was just, it was a constant thing of stress and depression and anxiety and, you know, financial issues and, and just having the film finished, it's like I can kind of, I can finally kind of sit back and step outside of it and and just kind of let the movie, you know, be what it is now. And so, right. so it, it's it's almost like I've, I'm able to kind of like 
move on with my life Which without being too traumatic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it literally feels like I'm not, you know, lugging this thing around anymore. And it's like, I can just kind of let people see it and let it, you know, yeah. let it exist out there. But look how passionate you were about this. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, you know, I knew the story needed to, needed to be told. And for whatever reason, I felt that I was the right person to do it. And, and I love this band more than anything. And I love these guys and I love Buck. And, you know, it, even though it was so stressful, I mean, it really is it's quite an honor that I was able to, to, to be the guy. You know, if you had told me when I was 13 years old that, you know, I'd be sitting down with all the original members of the Sonics and talking about rock and roll for a movie, I would have totally lost my mind. Yes, you know? definitely. So, yeah, there's a, yeah it, it, this movie means more to me than anything. Amazing. Do you see yourself uh, doing more films like this? Hopefully not like this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I've got a, a movie called, speaking of the replacements, it's called Bastards of Young that I've been, um, working on for about seven or eight years with one of my close friends, Taylor Hanley. And it looks like that's getting close. And that's a narrative film about these two brothers who ironically live in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just, it's a drama. And hopefully that, that we were shooting that this year. It looks like that's getting pretty close. Very cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling into our studios. It's been really great. Congratulations on the film. And give your website one more time. Uh, thanks so much. And, yeah, the website is just uh, sonicsfilm.com and uh, Facebook uh, backslash sonicsfilm. Excellent. Thanks so much. We've been chatting with filmmaker Jordan Albertson. If you missed any part of my conversation, everything is on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci. Dot org, and you can follow the show on Twitter at moms underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.